This week on I'll Show You Mine, yet another fucked up marsupial from Australia. Welcome to I'll Show You Mine, the podcast where I, James, show my wife Elise Hello. games that she's never played, video games that is, and she shows me movies that I've never seen. It's true. And this time, I'm going to be showing Elise Crash Bandicoot. The OG. That's right. <laughs> Released in 1996 for wow. Sony PlayStation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, Crash Bandicoot. Much like Hook wasn't super important to you, uh, this isn't in my pantheon of greats, but it represents the alternative realm of the PlayStation during my time as a Nintendo 64 kid. Yeah, yeah. It's Super Bizarro 64, <laughs> if you will. It was a very early PlayStation title, and it, along with its two sequels, forged some of the strongest memories of my limited time with the console. Mm -hmm. Two questions for you. Do you have any Crash Bandicoot experience? And did you think of Crash as the PlayStation's mascot? Interesting. Interesting. I don't have any Crash Bandicoot experience. Uh, I've never, I mean, like, I'm aware of Crash Bandicoot. I've seen a good amount of it at this point. It's a very popular game in the, the Games yes. Done Quick uh, marathons. I might have played a tiny portion of one level right. at a cousin's house or like an on an emulator that you showed me maybe did you any of your cousins have playstation i think one of the older cousins had a playstation hmm. but i think a ps playstation was definitely the older kids yeah console of choice it wasn't the one that we played but i think they had it because it was like we were the nintendo family and then they had all the <laughs> other stuff right yeah and, probably uh, the better choice overall. <laughs> and I guess I, I don't know if I thought of him as the mascot, but it was definitely like, I knew what Crash Bandicoot looked like. There were commercials and stuff for it. And I guess in the sense that like, like you're saying, PlayStation was like the older kids console, right? That's like Crash is like a very irreverent Mm -hmm. Oh, he's so badass. He's yeah. this like guy who wears jean shorts and is in your face. And so in that sense, I guess, that it was like, this isn't a kid's console. This is the one for Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of aimed that way. Do you remember those? Did you see those commercials with him? There was a so. guy in a Crash Bandicoot Right, right, in the and, big outfit. And, and he has like a megaphone. Crashing into stuff and... <laughs> No. Didn't he, like, hit... Was that a later one? I feel Maybe. like there's a later one where he, like, knocks over some... What do you call it? Uh, like, the cutouts of other uh, characters or something? Like I, Yeah, he does... He hits stuff, but he also <laughs> has a, a a megaphone. Yeah. I remember there was one where he, he goes to the parking lot of Nintendo headquarters and is, uh -huh. like, yelling into the megaphone <laughs> at, at, at the Nintendo building, talking about how the PlayStation has... All this great stuff that Nintendo doesn't. <laughs> They're doing the Sega thing, yeah. essentially. But yeah, Crash Bandicoot be kind of became the unofficial Sony mascot of sorts, <laughs> at least in the West. It released a year, just a one year after the PlayStation debuted in the U.S., uh, developed by Naughty Dog. 
who would go on to develop Jack and Daxter, Uncharted, and The Last of Us. They had uh, been making games since the Apple II era. Whoa, really? Yeah, they weren't always called Naughty Dog. They were called Jam Software until very shortly before this game. And in 94, they got in at the ground floor of Universal's new interactive division. Mm-hmm. One of those chance meeting things at, a, at an expo that, you know, used to happen in the real world and stuff. <laughs> the Game Developers Conference. Mm-hmm. And together, they decided to target Sony's new PlayStation. Mm-hmm. The folks at Naughty Dog wanted to do a, a platformer, but in 3D. Because they saw that's where games were going. 3D, Mm -hmm. that was the big thing. Well, they were right. Yeah. And their solution was to do a platformer with the camera over the hero's shoulder into the screen. Okay. Into the screen. Into the screen. That's what 3D is all about. Introducing this new Uh Z-axis depth, right? Just stands to reason that you would make a platformer where you run into the screen. So the game ended up with a couple other perspectives, too. But the into-the-screen concept was the big idea. And this came out just weeks before Super Mario 64 in North America. It's this interesting case of divergent evolution during this time where everybody was trying to figure out this new 3D world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, very different from Mario 64. But they're both good and do different things in different ways. And... Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that uh, (laughs) in the next section. So who is Crash? What is a bandicoot? Well, it's an Australian marsupial, as we've discussed. It's a small, omnivorous marsupial that has a long snout and claws for digging. Right, right. It doesn't look anything like Crash. Yeah, like the Sonic characters. Uh Like like, like Knuckles (laughs) doesn't really look much like an echidna. Yeah. Crash... Crash would fit right in with the Sonic world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a bipedal a marsupial. And like most marsupials, the males have a bifurcated penis to correspond with the female's double vagina. What? They have a bifurcated penis <laughs> to correspond with the female's double vagina. <laughs> this is all marsupials? Uh, most, you know, Mother Nature's a mad scientist. <laughs> I didn't, this is not a, okay, I guess let's just move on. It has from a that. separate, I and think... it has a separate urinary tract, too. Well, I would hope so. We... One for each side? No, I mean, for, as a sexual organ versus the urinary tract. The penis is not involved at all in the, in the urinary process, as opposed to what, us. What do they have, like a cloaca? I don't know. I guess it, it, technically it wouldn't be a cloaca because that would be all in one. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one-stop shop for birds. Ah, <laughs> oh, think of it. That's the life of <laughs> Please move on. Please. Okay. Well, at first he was Willy the Wombat. Okay. Another marsupial. But they changed it to Crash to reference the common bandicoot behavior of spinning rapidly to destroy wooden crates. That's not the com- that's not a common bandicoot behavior. I read at Wikipedia that it was. So Crash is a little de- de- deranged, you know. He's like, "Woo, I'm I'm a I'm a crazy man. I'm mature, unlike that Mario character." 
and it's because he used to be a normal bandicoot, but was subjected to experiments by Dr. Neocortex. Right. I know that guy. He's the mad scientist with the big N on his head uh-huh. for Neo. The central villain. Yeah. And there's another bandicoot, Tana Bandicoot, who was subjected to the same experiments. And she plays kind of the princess to be rescued role in this game. <laughs> his girlfriend that needs to be rescued. <laughs> uh, so as we all know... I didn't have a PlayStation growing up, so how did I play this game? My friend Brandon was the only person I knew had a PlayStation, and this was probably the game we played the most often. The PlayStation was on this TV in the in the bottom floor of his house, and I love that room. <laughs> it was like a second living room for the kids, just where the kids were free to reign. His mom was named Constance, uh-huh. and she was also the computer teacher Whoa. at our school. So his he, he was a friend at school whose mom was a teacher at school. Mm-hmm. And she was this very uh, kind of lace, doily, buttoned-up kind of woman, you know? <laughs> House was very neat, very put together, except for that bottom level. It was it was one of these houses that was, was built on a, on a hill. So the front door was on the first floor. And that was kind of like the most of the house was on the first floor of the kitchen, the so master bedroom. it's not like bedroom. a basement, but like a, a no. lower right. floor. It was, wasn't a basement, but it did open up into the backyard. Oh, interesting. Which was oh, like, like kind of, of a split level deal? Exactly. Okay. It was on the hill. So the front, the front was above the back and the back opened up into this big backyard. They had like lemon and orange trees, oh, big orchard-like backyard. What a paradise. We played there sometimes. Uh, <laughs> that seems like very appealing to me. You guys were in the in the den room playing games, though, leaving the leaving the trees to waste out there. We did both. I mean, they were connected. <laughs> it was great, and it, connected to the be- that bottom room was his big sister's room, Blair. You know, off limits, but you know, there's <laughs> stuff all over the walls, uh, magazine clippings and shit. And then also his dad's office, which was just a mess. <laughs> and you had to go through the office to get into the garage. And uh, we played a lot in that garage, too. Like, we played, uh, we, we bounced, we, we hit tennis balls off rackets into the garage door, like, in the inside of the garage door with <laughs> no, no cars in there. And I remember one time we broke up big batch of fluorescent lights <laughs> like fluorescent bulbs that were in the corner oh, God. <laughs> good times but that room was great because it had that tv he was my also my disney channel friend we was we watched disney channel there and the furniture there was this couch but there were the, like three or four armchairs or slash love seats that were just we would move in different configurations and jump across and stuff and but they were big and soft. They had these huge cushions, and they were really comfortable. So the the concept, I guess, is that don't fuck up my real living room. I'll give you your own children's living room to go crazy in. Precisely. <laughs> my mom would have loved to have a room like that. Yeah. <laughs> so she, just go, go over there. No, but we never had that. Anything we did was under, under the jurisdiction of my mother. <laughs> Uh, so that was always like a, an escape to, to, to go to this place that we had free reign over this room that was basically barren 
except for what we kids did there and uh there was a playstation yeah which was cool <laughs> but yeah crash what what were we talking a uh, crash uh <laughs> i remember it would being a pretty good platformer but it has its flaws the camera perspective is is one thing going into the screen is you know okay but there are also traditional side scrolling levels left to right right to left but you are free to run the z axis still so you're free to just walk off the forward <laughs> edge or back edge of the stage if you want i do feel like that's going to happen to me a lot absolutely <laughs> and there are also stages where you run toward the camera and you can't really see much yes. of what's in front of you it's not very good for me it's going to be fun. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Usually there's something chasing you, like a boulder oh, or something. Yeah. And also one thing I have to call out now is saving is absolute bullshit. <laughs> Basically, the only way to save is if you collect three special tokens in the level, which takes you to a bonus stage, and then you beat the bonus stage in the level, and then you can save. And if you don't beat the bonus stage, you're fucked. Yeah, you, and it's very easy to die. You don't lose a life, but you go back to the level, and then you just lose your chance to save. And looking back, this was obviously one of the main reasons we played it so often. But just because we kept, we couldn't get anywhere <laughs> in the game. We just kept going back and back and back. Uh, but on a, all in all, I look upon Crash with fondness. It's a parallel fork in the history of 3D platforming that has its own strengths. Like, it honors the linear, stage-by-stage -stage progression of earlier games, unlike Mario 64. It has its, its own personality, which carries forth into today. And uh, the music is really good. I remember humming the music to myself back in the day, and I, and I still do. Good music. So, what do you say? Will you take a trip with me down under? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? You have to. Let's see what this crazy bandicoot has to show me. Wow! We made it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Wow. We have some stories to tell you folks. <laughs> stories of daring do, narrow escapes, death-defying stunts, but many more death-confirming stunts. Yeah. Uh -huh. But before we get into our experience with the game, we have to set the stage a little and talk about the very thin plot <laughs> of this game and the characters in play. So I'll hand it over to you. Can you tell us what the premise of this game is and whatever you thought about it? Oh, you're, you're Crash Bandicoot. You're a bandicoot who wears jeans. Correct. And you were being experimented on, I guess, by Dr. Neo Cortex. Yeah, the whole reason you have jeans on is because you were experimented on by <laughs> Dr. Neo Cortex. Of course, he the was... jeans experiment. <laughs> the classic marsupial jeans experiment. He was once a normal eastern bard bandicoot uh, that lived on Ensanity Island, which I can only assume stands for North Sanity Island. Yeah. 
a couple islands away, this guy, Dr. Neocortex, who capt- is, is, is a scientist, a mad scientist, and he captures the animal inhabitants and mutates them into his evil servants. I see, I see. And then so, what yeah. happens? Uh, you, you escaped, but your girlfriend didn't, and so you're going back to get her. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if they were captured together or what, or if they were... They call him... Call her his girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if they were like mates as mates as, in the wild as, or in the, as little bandicoots bonded in captivity, <laughs> or did romance blossom <laughs> in their prisons, like but through their prison cell bars? <laughs> yeah, and they both learned to wear pants. Yeah, <laughs> she's also wearing like a tank top though, because she's basically a woman with uh, she's she's got that like you know early '90s furry thing going on in the mainstream media where it's like. It's a squirrel or a dog or, mm. in this case, a bandicoot. But she's basically a human woman with, like, a bigger coiffed hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, like, paw feet. <laughs> right out of the book of Blue Bestial Babes. <laughs> the inexplicable blonde hair. Yeah. Red lips, smoky eye, <laughs> neck, huge rack. <laughs> Just a babe. She's honestly had them done. Maybe those were the experiments. Yeah, or was he it? He was doing on the female bandicoots. <laughs> was it Cortex who hath them done? Yeah. Angles like toothpicks. Maybe we're looking at the sick mind of Dr. Neocortex at work when we see Tana Bandicoot. That's, that's, that's her name, right? Tana? Yeah, Tana. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think, that's for sure. And speaking of <laughs> <laughs> grotesque experiments, Crash only vaguely resembles a bandicoot. He's orange. He's got that maniacal smile. Looks like a walking Dorito. Yeah, it's not what I think a bandicoot looks like. No, they're like a big shrew, essentially. Yeah. And uh, he's got arms that come out of his head. Did you notice that? His head? Or like, like his, his neck, his, basically, right? Yeah, his his shoulders are like right up in his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> he's weird. He's he's a weird he's a weird dude. He looks weird. He's ugly. Like, Crash is ugly. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> ugly character. Not um, not a ton to to love about the design of, uh, you know, visually of no. a lot of these characters. And for some reason, Dr. Cortex's plan is to put this ding into the Cortex Vortex and make Crash his general of his animal army so he can conquer the world. Yeah, see? Doesn't track for me. No. <laughs> Clearly, the story was not the first priority here. <laughs> They don't even bother playing the cutscene when you start a new game. The only way to see it is to stay idle on the main menu yeah. screen. <laughs> this bandicoot will be my general, and he will lead my Cortex commandos to world domination. This time I shall reign triumphant! We are closer than ever before! Quickly! Into the vortex! But Dr. Cortex, the vortex is not ready! We have no idea what it could do! <laughs> what? Failure again! Capture him! Uh-oh! Prepare the female bandit. The whole premise is that Dr. Cortex is betting big on Crash. Like this guy, this is the one who's going to be my general. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> this is the one. And apparently the, the, he's got the Evolvo Ray, which he uses to mutate little animals into the sapient beings. And then he's got this machine called the Cortex Vortex, which will mutate Crash into a huge, monstrous bandicoot 
and brainwash him into complete servitude to Dr. Cortex. Okay, so there's going to be some kind of upgrade involved, not just a, not just a turning him loyal. Yeah, so, right. So maybe, maybe there is hope for Crash Bandicoot <laughs> to be a general of a crazy war. I guess that's what he's thinking. <laughs> but apparently this Cortex Vortex thing is still in Skunk Works. The doctor's little assistant, Nitrous Brio, is trying to tell him in this cutscene, this thing has never worked. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Crash is rejected by the machine. Transformation fails, and that's when he escapes. Out the nearest window, he just <laughs> defenestrates himself. Mm-hmm. And that's how he ends up on the beach, and that's where you start the game. Yeah. It's all very S- Super Mario, save the princess. North Sanity Beach. North Sanity Beach. Uh, property is... Clutch investment there right now. So yeah, uh, the whole thing is a cartoon, so it doesn't have much of a story. Mm -hmm. But it does have a feeling, a personality, if you will. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what did you think of the personality of Crash in the game in general? Oh, like I said, Crash is ugly, so (laughs) it's like hard. It's I like you, you gain a grudging respect for him for being the avatar that has to do all these things that you're doing that you're commanding him to do with mm-hmm. your inputs <laughs> that's natural but the game's personality is uh, a little trolly it it seems to enjoy making me look stupid mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it puts stuff in place like, oh, I bet you thought you are going to be smart going for this. Psych did. <laughs> and I feel like there's a little element of that in a lot of games, but I feel like more recently it's been more of a just, we're just going to give you the tools to do it and you, and it's going to be really difficult and you, you know, we're not going to really trick you too much, but the high difficulty is going to be enough to make this a challenge. And this was kind of like, yeah, there's that, but also we're going to throw some Wily E. Coyote ass, like painted on tunnels <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Acme boxes that are like, you know, come for, look here, go, go to this place. Haha, <laughs> dead sucker. <laughs> yeah. On top of the normal difficulty, there's this mischievousness of the of the developers. Yeah. And you're right on and with the wily... naughty dog. So they the are naughty, dog. naughty dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Those naughty dogs. Uh, but I'm glad you said wily E. Coyote because <laughs> when they troll you and you die, that you get these comically violent deaths. Yeah. Uh, like being exploded to bits and then your eyes are there blinking. Yeah. Your shoes <laughs> and your eyeballs are there on the floor. Mm-hmm. You get burnt to ash. You whistle through the air as you plummet to the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are all familiar to me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that whole vibe is all, is very English studio to me. Yeah. Do you get that from this? It's like the rare. Rare they, like, energy. The, that irreverent British <laughs> game developer energy. They're so cheeky over there. The cruel and sometimes childish humor of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The prominent appropriation of indigenous cultures to serve as a backdrop. <laughs> the googly eyes. Yeah, yeah. It looks a little like Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that's an apt comparison, I think. And plays a little bit like Donkey Kong Country. True, true. I haven't played as much of that as you have, but yeah, now that I've played this all the way through, almost by my, like you, we, we were switching off. But at the end, I, I finished it. Oh, yeah. You had to finish it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I told you up top that I really like the music. So how do you feel about it? It's good. It's very good. Mark Mothersbaugh. 
That's he, uh, when the when the credits were rolling. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, he did do a little of the. I don't think he did the full soundtrack, but no, no. It yeah. was like it was like two or three names under like music, so. But there's so many of them are earworms to me. Just but it, it that's also similar to banjo kazooie and it's like get a lot of these um like xylophone tones just oh, yeah. very like do 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 like a lot of wood and percussion instruments uh-huh. in the and the repertoire I mean, <laughs> it, it, and it's like the the setting is an island right mm-hmm. so it has that kind of built-in instrument set of stuff yeah. that you expect to hear from like beach and island and stuff like that and so that helps i think keep it you have these beats that are just always reliable. Yeah. Yeah, and there's drums and then wooden percussion instruments and once you get into the final stages in its neocortex's layer there's more industrial sounding things yeah, coming in labs and electricity and things like that But yeah, it does help when you are grinding through a level that is difficult to get through, that at least the music is good, mm-hmm. that it's not, <laughs> that you're not, you know, trudging through it all to, to some one loop shitty song. <laughs> it can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Well, let's get into the game, the meat of the game, shall we? <laughs> we beat the game, but it wasn't easy, was it? No, no. Please talk about why it was difficult. <laughs> but give us the basics of the game first. Movement, abilities, goals, that sort of thing. What, what, what's it about? Okay, so I mean, you talked uh, before about how there's you're moving into the screen. That's like the main level design. The way that you go through the world is straight. And then there are, you kind of... I mix it up with the perspective. Yeah, you mix it up with um, a more traditional platformer kind of level, left to right, and sometimes also forward and back within those levels. But you really start out with just kind of the going into the screen, going into the screen, the first like handful of those levels. And uh, that was fine. Those were probably the easier ones because they have a kind of built-in rhythm. Like, you're running. The idea is that you just are running through this, like, (laughs) big hamster wheel Mm -hmm. of a world that keeps unfolding in front of you until you get to the finish line. And so there's only so much stuff that you can do in that design. You kind of can just go left and right and forward and back, like... Be careful with your jumps, the the length of your jumps, or stopping before something, or avoiding, uh, you know, big Indiana Jones ball, mm-hmm. rock ball. But yeah, it's what makes it difficult. I mean, these early ones were not too bad. We were getting through without 
dying too much. There was like a couple obstacles that, I mean, the trouble with those ones is that you can't always tell what's coming next and you have to, <laughs> you have to make decisions really quick. Like when we were, wa we were just watching uh, GDQ and they were doing um, the Kaizo Super Mario and the, the really super intense Mario yeah, custom, Maker worlds. Custom yeah, custom Mario levels that are very, very trolly. Yeah, <laughs> and they were doing these teams, doing relay races through it, and everybody is kind of, they've never seen any of these levels before, they're having to learn on the fly, and sometimes, you know, you just will move forward and get shot into oblivion and have to react mm -hmm. to where am I supposed to land? What am I supposed to do? And that's like the way these forward motion levels are. It's just what's what's happening, what's happening. Keep your eyes like two steps ahead mm -hmm. to make sure that you can anticipate what's going to happen. And the commentators, they, when people are doing that well, they say, look at these reads, look yeah. at these reads of the level. <laughs> you know, they they know they look at the level and they instantly calculate what they need to do. Yeah, because... the timing is really good on like just looking at it and very quickly being able to yeah. determine where you need to go and yeah, what's thing. happening. Yeah. You're right, the same thing here. You, you have almost no time to... As it goes further and further, it gets really tight, but, you know, you have limited time to make decisions at some points. And yeah, so just so we cover our bases, besides moving and jumping, you can also do a spin attack. Yes. So that lets you break boxes, and boxes are a big thing. They are, you, like, you break them to get Wumba fruit, which are like your coins that give you lives, and they let you bounce on them and all sorts of things. There's TNT boxes. They hold the items that you need to collect to be able to save. With the weird, with that weird save mechanic. Yeah. So every each some levels have three of a kind. <laughs> not every level. Yeah, not every level. <laughs> some levels have uh, little character tokens. So the most common one is Tana's little face that comes out of a box. You grab three of those in a level. There's only three. You find all of them. You get to go to a bonus level, and if you survive the bonus level, then you can save. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, two other variations of this of the bonus level that are even harder. So that's how you save, <laughs> and if you if you die in the bonus level, you lose your chance. And there's a uh, limited lives. That's that's pre pretty much the game. Yeah, and at first I was like, I'm gonna cheese this as little as possible. No using save states. <laughs> Legitimate saves only. By the end, we had an intricate save state strategy. <laughs> the normal saves were enough at first, despite being an affront to the player. Yeah. But gradually, we started saving the state between levels, just in case. Yeah. And then we started doing it because we silently agreed that game overs were unacceptable. <laughs> then we started saving the state before the bonus levels you need to beat in order to save legitimately. Yeah. Then, in the final handful of levels in the game, we finally gave in to using the save states within them, like artificial checkpoints, just to make any sort of meaningful progress. Because there are checkpoints, but by the time you get to those last levels, they're really spreading those things out. They're really making you work for those checkpoints. And they're not always in the most convenient place. No. There's sometimes where it's like you get the checkpoint, but then right after the checkpoint, there's this really tricky bit that you have to get through. And usually 
you get it, you figured it out, you know the rhythm, you know what you need to do, but every now and then something just clobbers you or you get the timing wrong and you just blow three lives in a couple minutes (laughs) trying to get through this part that was easy two seconds ago. (laughs) We essentially escape by the skin of our teeth. (laughs) And really that's the essence of the game, isn't it? Yeah, that was... um... That was one of the things that I took a note of, of like the difficulty. It has that not uncommon phenomenon of 3D games where you just get fucking stuck on some one part of a level, lose your flow, and just blow through all of your lives until you get a game over. And it's just the most demoralizing (laughs) shit to like... You're going and you're you're on a roll and you're doing real good and then something weird just like trips you up and your rhythm is completely shot and you just can't get it back. And you feel your hands doing things. <laughs> no! I no! wasn't doing this before. I can't. I, I don't know. I don't understand. And it's, it's all a series of these butt-clenching gauntlets <laughs> to get from one checkpoint to the next. And the levels are long. Yeah. You get limited attempts, limited opportunities to save, so they end up being these butt-clenching gauntlets on the overworld map too because you're trying to get to the next save point, uh-huh. and if you turn off your game, you lost your progress on two levels or whatever. A lot of timing involved. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't too bad for me. My clock cycles. Yeah, you were pretty good at the rhythm I, watching. I, I'm good at rhythm games and stuff like that. I have a good sense of timing like that. When when stuff is on a cycle and I can tell, okay, I'm supposed to hit this a certain way, I can usually catch on to that pretty quick. And I was getting lucky in the early levels, I think, um, of just like trusting the rhythm. Just like, okay, they're not throwing too many curveballs at me here, they're teaching me the ropes. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like if you feel yourself just bounding across gaps like boom 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 just keep just keep going with it until it stops working and then then you can deal with that when you you know whenever you reach the gap that's a little too wide it's like aha i see (laughs) i have to stop before that one to do a big jump yeah and it's all like that's that's the way the platforming levels go more often than the the forward motion ones and but but the platform levels give you a little more room to kind of like stop in places and get the lay of the land. Ones. Yeah, you'll kind of go through the level and just be constantly trying to see what's coming up next. What what's how do I? You must be vigilant. <laughs> what do I need to be keeping an eye out for here? Yeah, so they weren't in the early game. It was nice, you know, those were good times. And but by the <laughs> end, you'd need to be able to observe. Like three or more different moving things, uh-huh. all with different orbits, frequencies, durations. Like you got a pit with a moving platform over it with instant death hazards on either side uh-huh. going in and out and uh, a moving enemy on the other side of the gap. And you have to calculate when and where you need to put crash so that he makes it to the other side. And doesn't die once he gets to the other side. Right. With, from the enemy. <laughs> And so you, usually there's like a line that you have to take mm-hmm. to get through. And there's only one solution. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were talking about how you uh, try something and then you can't do it. You can't repeat it. And I think I felt that same thing. Most of my mistakes happened after my first attempt. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because more and more I tried, the more patience I lost waiting for all these kind of clock cycles and things. Yeah. 
when you're going through it first time you're you're being vigilant and you're you're tiptoeing through and you've got like cat-like reflexes <laughs> and then you think you know it and then you try to just rush through it and you mess up and it gets worse and worse because you get mad get angry mad 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 and crash's movement can be problematic yeah it's not helping I mean, the situation <laughs> for the most but like i like the feel of it the controls feel good yeah when you do. get the hang of it it's good but yeah there's times where i want to move a little bit but he does a big he's like a big swaggery yeah, he is thing. he just kind of like wobbles around when he doesn't do these like tiptoes or anything there's no um you know like in mario 64 you have the angle on the control stick that you can kind of tilt and real get get real precise with that and crash is just literally crashing into things <laughs> like rolling and crashing yeah it's kind of it fits his personality yeah uh, but yeah this is uh before the dualshock controller came out so playstation didn't have analog sticks at this point and so it's all with the digital pad and yeah he just goes forward with this big <laughs> lanky uh gate and even though he has so much momentum immediately, he's barely clearing some of these jumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you it's, have to you have to get that running start or and like hold down the jump button to get the full arc of, that you need for some of these. Yeah. It's crazy. And the depth perception thing is is not helping because you are probably jumping way earlier than you even need to because you're the way the angle of you of the camera to the ledge you're watching for. Then there's also the collision. Sometimes he lands on the ledge. Sometimes he catches it in a weird kind of uh, halfway point. Sometimes yeah. he it looks like he should have got there, but did, he didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's this the Z-axis problem that I talked about up top. The buttons that would typically control your movement in the Y-axis up towards the top of the screen or down towards the bottom instead mean away from or toward the camera often off-camera. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just careen off into an abyss because you mashed a button with the edge of your thumb. <laughs> like you, you make a jump and you see Crash come like <laughs> backstage right into the abyss. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, I pressed up there accidentally. Yeah, I don't, I don't love the moving into the screen perspective. The, the controls there feel good and it's like it's fun but i had a i much preferred the side scrolling and the the ones that mix it up between side scrolling and going into mm. the screen the ones that are just like a wheel going through not not my favorite it just feels so confined i feel so 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 boxed in yeah it's just like a, a big tunnel <laughs> uh the hitboxes Enemies will just snag you. Hazards, too. Just get you. God damn it. That was so... Listen. <laughs> I get... Platformers make me cuss like no other game. Like, these types of games where I'll just get clipped by an enemy or I'll go off the side of a cliff or something. I'll just let fly with... <laughs> Fuck, shit, goddamn, <laughs> ass, shit, fuck. Like, I just, I, it, and it comes out so matter-of-factly. Like, this is the only logical response to what just happened to fuck me. Fuck you. Because <laughs> it's all bullshit. 
none yeah. of it's real. It's not I, it, fair. it can't be my fault, all this stuff that's happening. The enemies just touch you and you die instantly. <laughs> Except there is the uh, the mask. There's that. Yeah. We didn't mention. There's this mask, Aku Aku, that you can get out of a box. It's basically like a Mario mushroom. Mm-hmm. Gets, it gives you one free hit. Doesn't protect against falling into an abyss. Mm-hmm. But from enemies, <laughs> it protects. And then you can build that up to two hits if you get another one. Or and once you get three, you get like a invincibility power up. A little burst of invincibility. Starman yeah. power. What have we got? Uh, yeah, the, the the enemies and hazards. Woo! Those are the those were the most frustrating because it happens so abruptly. When you fall down a pit, you see it happening and you get <laughs> to 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 process it a little bit before you actually die. But when an enemy kills you, instantly cut to a, the scene of of crash like going tits up death and, <laughs> and dying yeah there's oh like, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa whoa what happened yeah sometimes it happens before you even realize it happened and all of a sudden crashes turning into a burnt crisp in the middle of your screen or has blown up or is whoa! just doing that thing where he like the the, <laughs> the death screen where it goes black and his like little polygon ass just like falls over backwards dead <laughs> another very warner brothers cartoon way yeah I remember you died to Goomba level enemies after surviving a brutal gauntlet (laughs) just before the end because you looked at them wrong. Yeah. That happened all the time. Gasps of dismay are common (laughs) the the moment you know you're a goner. Yeah, yeah. And in addition to the cussing, that would happen too. (gasps) (laughs) You didn't expect that to happen. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) I was like my grandma watching a movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god just missing a ledge did you see that <laughs> what? what happened mistiming a moving hazard overcorrecting a jump so you run right off the opposite ledge oh jeez yeah I, I hate i hate doing an overcorrect death that's that those ones hurt the worst for me jimmy legs no yeah like you had it you had it you, you had it. it i just needed to calm down for a just second calm down uh, both of us had moments where we died right before the end of the level, like literally the last jump. You can see it. It's right there. <gasps> <laughs> Again. <gasps> and of course, the gotcha moments. Yeah, of course. Oh. Oh, you're so funny. The you tricks. Got me. The traps. <laughs> the baits and the switches. You naughty dogs. The cruelty of it all. <laughs> so anything you'd like to say about that again? The trolliness of it? Uh, I just like I, I really started speaking up about this in the later levels when I was playing more of it and getting really frustrated because I was dying at a bunch of stuff that felt like that felt, felt like it was personal right? that it was personal <laughs> it was trolling me specifically and uh, that I was just convinced because I was dying over and over to these same spots and same enemies that I was like I'm doing it right. I'm, I'm I'm hitting it the way it's supposed to go, but I'm just dying for some reason. God damn it, what do you want from me? <laughs> so I just started to I started to get a, an anger at the developers and just feel like, you know, you're doing this to me. Why why are you trying to hurt me like this? Why do you take such pleasure in my pain? I'm gonna go back to playing Mario sixty four where all the all the mistakes I make are my fault. Yeah. <laughs> me. It's not you, it's me. That's how it should be. (laughs) 
Um, it's rebuilt right into the game. Like, Crash's own spin attack destroys Wumba Fruit, extra lives, and bonus level tokens. So, built in, you have a trolling device where you, you spin your own power ups away. <laughs> You need to spin I, to break the boxes that they're in most of the time. I didn't realize that was happening at first. I thought I was just collecting them. But then I realized, like, wait a minute. When I pick them up, they make the noise when they're added to the counter and stuff. And when you spin them away, they just go, poo. <laughs> flying. <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah, literally flying out of your grasp. It's, it's cool when you do that to enemies. When you spin the enemies, they get ricocheted away. Yeah. And you can use them to kill other enemies and break boxes. Uh, but you also do the same thing to the power-ups. That's fun. Yeah, that's like, it kind of goes with the vibe too, though, of like, Crash is just an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't, he he's just a, he's a little Tasmanian devil of a character that's just running into things, destroying stuff, and he has no sense of uh, self-preservation, really, without you at the helm. Yeah. <laughs> he is Taz, isn't he? He's basically Taz, but a little derpier. Yeah. Not as angry. Uh, they bait traps with power-ups. I love that. That's a that's a favorite move of, of all game developers, really, to be like, you want this, don't you? Mm, you can get them. There's not like super. There's not like any, haha. You went for this. You're always gonna die. Moments, but it's likely that you're gonna die. Uh, they often reveal crates and items only after you've killed the enemy you needed to be able to get them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They don't reveal them, but like they'll be later. Like, oh shit, there's this thing up here that I can't get because, fuck me, I killed the enemy back there. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of enemies that you need to bounce on to get to things higher up that you don't think of because it's not like a that's not like a mechanic that's used super often. It's kind of every couple levels there's something like that. And so you just get used to, like, a spin is just as good. Just get him out of the way. Mm-hmm. But then, every now and then, it's like, oh, miss these boxes You fool. <laughs> Why don't you stop and slow down and pay attention? Yeah, and t- on top of everything, they box shame you at the end of every level. <laughs> they count every box you didn't break in the entire stage. Yeah. And they literally drop them on Crash's head one by one. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't 100% anything. Yeah, on no. our entire playthrough. I got the only one I got perfect was the one that we were aggressively save stating through. Right, and it just happened to be <laughs> cuz it means no deaths and you get all boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you have to get all boxes? I don't know if it was all the boxes. I think it was just no deaths. No deaths. Cuz I didn't get I I don't think I got all the collectibles. It was like out of 2 or out of mm, whatever. Right. <sighs> um I did go and get all the boxes on the very first level just today after we had stopped after we beat the game and just to see what would it would do and it did when you do that it gives you a chance to save so that's another chance so if you do it perfect yeah you can save (laughs) no problem just do it perfect every time so all that being said you had a good time yeah yeah i did it's a it's an adequately challenging platformer. It's like if it was easier than it was, it wouldn't have been as satisfying to right. to get through the stuff when I did because I did get that <laughs> hit that moment where I have a anger with the game and I am like unwilling to hand over the controller to you because I'm going to finish this stupid goddamn level. I'm going to show <laughs> these naughty dog assholes that they can't stop me. 
<laughs> I call it your stubborn ass mode. Yeah. <laughs> Unlocked. Uh, so, how did it meet your expectations? Any favorite moments? I mean, it, uh, it met my expectations of being frustrating sometimes. Right, because it's an old game. Because it's an old game, but also because I think it has a reputation of being a little fiddly. You can mess up, on, like what we've been saying, like that you can mess up on the controls a little and die, or, you know, you time something wrong and you die and it's just kind of like you know, fuck this up dead fuck that up dead you know? yeah. very small margin of error yeah um but i guess it was uh i don't know i, I <laughs> my expectations were not high because i was worried about it being like ugly and annoying but <laughs> it was better than i expected in that sense and like the music met my expectations you raved about it and it was good and, um, like, <laughs> I guess the favorite moment was when we got, I think it's still on, like, the first island, or maybe we got to the second one, the, um, uh, Road to Nowhere level. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right before we started it, it was like, we got there, and it reveals the name of the level, and you were like, oh, we lost a lot of lives to this one. <laughs> yeah, it was that yeah. visceral memory of, like, oh, yeah, I remember this level. Yeah. And, uh, and it didn't disappoint, because we definitely, that was one of our first levels where we really hit a couple roadblocks, but it was that, that frustrating kind where we, I, I felt like I got the rhythm pretty quickly, and I got pretty far unexpectedly, and I was doing that thing where I was just like, going with it, and making it, and making it to checkpoints, and I was just like, by the skin of my teeth, like, yeah, I was, I was seeing the Matrix and, you know, get just getting through it. And then we got to a certain, and then and then the magic died. You know, I I, I looked around at the ground below, you know, at the at the mist below <laughs> me, uh, the, the bridge that's missing. And I realized, oh, my God, I'm in danger. And I started getting twitchy and <laughs> messed up. And then we did that thing, just blew a bunch of lives trying to get back to that same rhythm I had on the first <laughs> on the first go. So yeah, like moments like that I think are the best part of these platformers, especially when you're playing with somebody else to like go up against to, it. <laughs> to go up against it and to have those those weird moments of clarity where you're just like in the zone mm. and you have someone next to you to kind of be witnessing it at the same time as you. <laughs> like, am I doing this? Is this happening? And we're both just like, oh. I don't oh. want to say anything. You can't say anything <laughs> yeah. during those moments. You just have to be, we're just silent, like waiting for me to die. <laughs> yeah. Hogwild and the Road to Nowhere, iconic stages. <laughs> Shout out to Hogwild. Uh, Sunset Vista, that's when we started to feel the heat. Mm -hmm. uh, generator Room, if I recall, this is the level that activated your stubborn ass mode. <laughs> for realsies. Uh, and Toxic Waste, this was the wall. I think two or three game overs each on that one. Yeah. That's the one where you're going... It's a tunnel one, so you're going down through this tunnel, or into, into this tunnel, and... Uh, it's this factory and these what are they? Uh, like barrels of toxic waste. No, the animals, they're potaroos. These these oh, oh. these mobster potaroos are <laughs> are hurling 
barrels, toxic barrels down at you. Uh -huh. they're, they're rolling at first and then they start bouncing. There's two types. There's the one that roll and the one that bounce. Yeah, the bouncing ones really started. I could not get past them. Like I, I got really <laughs> far the first time and then could not repeat it. And we both... It was that thing of like, you got the rhythm. You were on the rhythm the first run through. And then you, in trying to replicate it, couldn't couldn't figure out the cycle like you couldn't find it again where you didn't remember exactly where you were going through that you didn't no. <laughs> you didn't have perfect recall of that line that you took and so it was like wait a minute what did i do that first time how did i even how get did I this? Do this i know it's possible because i just did it but now the way that i'm doing it seems like there's no way you could do it <laughs> yeah and they when they catch you it's it's really violent you get this big bang, and you're you're flattened. That's another comical death. You get flattened. The sound of the sound of those barrels will haunt me. <laughs> that one, I was like watching you, and just like I could, I didn't, I, I couldn't say anything because it's just like you have to just find the rhythm. There's nothing I can tell you to like no. do it like this. <laughs> but. I was just like, okay, I'll just wait for you to die, and then I'll pick it up and I'll <laughs> yeah. try it because I think I know what to do. And it was like... You got a game over, too. I got game overs, too, for sure, but it was like, I, I think I was better at reading those barrels. Right. It's Let's move on. <laughs> the last two levels you did. You just have you to did. be more aggressive than you think. You ha you're, you, if you hang back, you're dead. You no. have to just go through it. The last two levels you did, <laughs> Jaws of Darkness and The Lab... You began to believe the game was gaslighting you. Yeah, I did. It's true that they do, they switch up patterns on you sometimes. I feel like they change the timing of, of one of the enemies in one section and another. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I fought this guy before and it was no problem. And this time, all of a sudden there's a problem. It seems like I can't, I can't hit it right. We're not going to have a problem, are we? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're... You were just imagining it. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just talked the heck out, out of some Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I believe it is time to give your official verdict on the game. Unless there's anything you want to touch upon before we wrap up. Uh, is there anything I want to touch upon before we wrap up? There are boss fights in this game, too. Um, one of my notes is that it did make me feel better to see you fuck up on some of the same stuff that I did. <laughs> um, it's hard. And yeah, there was that one weird glitch that we, or I don't even know if it's a glitch or if it's a, a part of the game, where if you do a spin dash down onto an enemy, if you're like spin dash in the air and land, you can't jump immediately after that. The first jump input that you do is like canceled out, and then you can jump. Yeah, and it, it felt like it was just on that level, that that one time. <laughs> I didn't. I I wasn't paying attention to it much after that, so I can't say for sure. I want to say it was just that's how that mechanic worked. But yeah, that that felt like gaslighting because I was like, I definitely clicked jump. Yeah. I, I, I feel like you don't believe me, James, but I definitely <laughs> did. I didn't mean to die that stupid. I tried it. It's true. <laughs> All right, verdict. My verdict is I'm in, and I'm just shy of hype 
because if it was just like the experience of playing it with you, that would be hype. It was fun. I had fun more than I thought I would. But when I think of it in terms of like the console wars and this being the the challenger to the other 3D platforming stuff that was going on at the time, like the parallel world of uh, Mario 64, mm-hmm. I just have I just have so much more fun with Mario 64, and it's so much prettier and better in different ways that I'm like it's not quite that good. It's it's fun and it's good. Mm-hmm. And the controls feel better than I thought and all that. No amount of attitude <laughs> can, can put it above. Like the craftsmanship yeah. that goes into those. That Nintendo goober things. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Crash is not unseating Mario for me no. in uh, the King of 3D. I would never but... suggest. <laughs> but it's very, yeah, it's very unique though, isn't it? It's derivative in a lot of ways, but it has its own identity. Uh, it's, it has that identity of being an early PlayStation game, and it's got this kind of weird American-British humor to it, Saturday morning cartoonish kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Naughty Dog followed up with two sequels and a kart racing game for the PlayStation. After that, every single Crash Bandicoot games has been developed by other studios. Hmm, okay. The but an- they're much beloved, as far as I can tell. Like, the... The Crash Bandicoot, those those original three are bundled and for sale on the Switch. And yeah, the Insane Trilogy from 2017 is a remaster of the thir- first three games. It's supposed to be pretty solid. But I never played, I only played those first three and the and CTR. I never touched any of the PlayStation 2 ones or beyond. And I never heard anybody saying, They're so good. Gotta, you, gotta, gotta, <laughs> you gotta try these. No. <laughs> And in fact, I've heard the, some of those later ones, the Clash of the Titans ones were, Crash of the Titans, excuse me, the Crash of the Titans uh, <laughs> was really bad. Yeah. So it's been a while. Hopefully, uh, there's also the, they came out with number four, it's about time. Crash Bandicoot right, 4, right. it's about time. Uh, but, but I heard I that heard was mixed. good, right? Yeah, I've heard mixed. Mm-hmm. Still not amazing, I guess. Not living up to the originals. I just wish there was a good one for the 3DS because I think the stereoscopic 3D screen would be really good for those depth levels, those, yeah, the, the depth reception on that. All right, it's time to put Crash to bed. <laughs> I showed you mine, and now we're putting him to bed. <laughs> it's time for you to show me something of yours. Does Crash Bandicoot sleep? <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> look like it. <laughs> I feel like of all of the video game character archetype, the the... The main video game pantheon crashes like definitely on Coke. Oh yeah. Right there with Max. He's doing <laughs> lines with Max. And Freakazoid. Never sleep. <laughs> Alright. Uh that's been the show. Oh wait, you're we haven't Sorry I interrupted you right. or before I could tell you what I gotta show you. What are you gonna show me of yours? It's time to go back to that good old Americana of Haley Mills. She's not American, is she? She's American in this. Not not the actress, though. No, she's British, I think. Mm, okay. <laughs> Just saying. But A lot of people forget that. <laughs> From 1960, Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Boy, I remember seeing that DVD on your shelf, on your mother's <laughs> DVD shelf. 
the very first time I went over there. And I've always wondered, what the hell's Pollyanna? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, uh, the quintessential goody-two-shoes story. It's just this girl who's so nice and so good, and everybody loves her, and she can't help but make life better for everyone around her. And wouldn't you know it, that girl is Haley Mills. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds swell. And, you know, some things happen. I, I hope so. Yeah, it's not just her being happy the whole movie. There are challenges Yeah, I, that she must overcome. But when I think about the other Haley Mills movies, wait, was she the parent trap? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was a pretty good conflict in that one. Uh, summer yeah, magic. Yeah, being a twin that's separated <laughs> yeah, from. That was probably birth. the most uh, intriguing Haley Mills movie we've seen so far. Summer Magic's got a pretty good one too. It's like you're living in a house that belongs to somebody else, and they're just. I don't remember anything happening. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of run around the house a, a bit. Yeah, it's like it could have been worse if the guy was more of an asshole about it. If he was Earl like, Bives. actually, stop. Earl Bives, right? No, he's the one who helps them, but the guy who actually owns the house is Mr. Hamilton, who's the hottie at the end. Oh, right. Burl Ives is like the, his, his, uh... He's the guy who plays the banjo at the beginning and tells you... The, he's his, uh... <laughs> no, wait, attache. that's... <laughs> the attache. The liaison. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Pollyanna. Haley Mills. The DVD color cover, if I remember correctly, kind of looks like she's the Teletubby son in this big blue sky. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> ah, Pollyanna, the son of all of our lives. Yeah. Which, which we revolve around. Okay. I've been James. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Sparkman Designs on Twitter. And I've been Elise, and you can find me at Elise Face on Twitter. You can find all our episodes and social links on IllShowYouMind.show. Become a Patreon. A patron on Patreon. Patron on Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. Any amount of money you wouldn't miss can help us pay for our website, the games and movies we have to buy, the soundtracks, and the hours and hours of time we spend on this show each month. <laughs> And if you would be so generous as to give us $5 a month, we unhook the velvet rope for you. (laughs) You get an all-access pass to our exclusive VIP podcast feed. A luxurious 112 kilobits per second. Unique album art for every episode. Expanded album art to use as a phone wallpaper. And instead of boilerplate descriptions on each episode, you get a handwritten note from Elise herself. It's the place where she gets to open up and share her true thoughts. Yeah, I get to... Just for you. (laughs) In the Patreon show notes, I talk more about what it was like playing it or watching it and the experience more so than a lot of times we have to talk about the plot or the mechanics of a game or something. So The meta experience of it. Yeah, so it's nice to kind of just get emotional with you for a minute. What was it like? How did it feel? Yeah, I should read those. <laughs> okay, well, that's going to do it for the show. Tune in next week for Pollyanna. And she's going to charm the socks off of all of us, I hope. Oh, yeah. You're going to. Life's not going to be the same. <laughs> and remember, 
the world ends not with a bang, but with a wow! <laughs>